This podcast and every podcast is brought to you by Claypot. Claypot is a Cantonese-styled restaurant located at 58 St. Mark's Place. You should totally go check it out. Um, Claypot is also now on Grubhub and Seamless, so peep that. You want to have some delicious Claypot cooking sent right to your door? Go for it. And today my guest is Brent. Brent and I actually met through Jiu-Jitsu, and in this podcast we talk a lot about wealth management and uh, financial literacy and what can be done to increase that because i mean money's not the ultimate goal in life but it definitely plays a very important part and being able to manage that part of your life is definitely very important so i learned a lot and uh, definitely knows a lot more than me so it's always great to talk to him so i hope you get something out of this Regardless of what occupation they're in, like planning for retirement and understanding finance is really important because like you're putting your money to work for you and honestly that is going to allow you to take a lot of time and do other things that you enjoy. I mean, obviously if you like working, that's great, but like I feel like a lot of people work to try to retire as soon as possible and like the retire like learning how to use your money correctly is like gonna help you get there faster yeah um right i feel like in school a lot of people were taught like math science english reading whatever right but like if you really think about a lot of the times people it becomes kind of like a a cultural thing where people just kind of make fun of it they're like oh yeah when am i ever going to use this calculus equation and like yeah the reality is unless you're going to be an engineer or unless you're going to become a chemist like you're not going to use like this chemistry equation you're not going to use like that stuff is great to know, but like, there's some there's some things out there that should be taught that I don't understand why they aren't taught, right? Like, how to do your taxes, that's like, literally everyone has to do that, right? How to plan for retirement, everyone has to do that. Well, there's kind of like a market that's like out there just specifically for people who don't know those, th- you know what I mean? Like TurboTax, you know, do you could do it this way, you know, there's like services that come up and rise to the occasion because there's like a deficiency in, I guess, the edge. like... When I graduated high school, I, I happened to be on the cutoff year where they started implementing and requiring people to take like a intro to financial literacy in freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't take that class. And I feel like if I had been within that cutoff year and I was, what well, actually, I don't even know if I could fit in my schedule, but, <laughs> but like, yeah, having that in your pocket, even at the age of like 14 is like huge. Yeah. So I, I didn't know if like, if your high school had that, or if that was something that you came to realize throughout college that like oh it's actually like kind of important to know how to manage my fucking money (laughs) yeah no i mean i think like personal finance like budgeting like yeah i think there there are definitely services out there that help like TurboTax is one like recently there's been a rise in like robo advising which is literally like a a type of service where you just stick your money in an app like they they've designed these apps the user interface is great but you like put your money in these apps and they use algorithms to just allocate your money into like a diversified portfolio and you just kind of you just set it and you forget about it and like they'll manage your money for you right and it's low fees you don't have to like go hire a wealth manager because beforehand it was kind of like it was either you were doing it or you had to like jump to the next bracket and have a wealth manager or a financial advisor and that's pretty much just for like higher net worth people and it's it's more expensive like yeah you have these kind of things but i think having some knowledge 
almost more of like th- it, there's twofold, right? Like one, if you, I think the beginning is to have enough knowledge to use it in more of like in a risk mitigation method, and then like the next step after that is to use it in more of like gaining returns in excess of like using all these apps, right? So what what I mean by that is you need you should first start out know knowing enough to like not mess up and like destroy your future right <laughs> and that can mean a lot of things like budgeting the correct way like planning for retirement early using the correct vehicles to plan for retirement and not being stupid right so i'll share a couple stories like i, I don't know if your parents did this but my parents like they they started um they came to the u.s in their like early 30s and like my dad started out working a laundromat I, I feel like a lot of people have these kind of stories if they're immigrants and like basically they're they're really poor right like my my dad was doing grad school my mom just started like postdoc and he's working a lot out of a laundromat and like didn't have a lot of money but once they started to get going like it was probably around like i don't know early like late 1990s early 2000s they started building up some money and like you hear about all these like that was especially during like the tech bubble so mm-hmm. that's when like all the internet stocks were going nuts everyone was kind of like you could literally just throw a dart at the Wall Street Journal, whatever tech name it landed on, it would probably go up 100% in yeah. the next, like, six months to a year. And, like, in those situations, yeah, it's it's not that bad. But, like, what happens is, like, people get really speculatively into the stock market. And, like, my my mom's parents or friends would be like, yeah, you should buy this new thing. What does it do? I don't know. But, like, it's going to go up anyways. And, like, they just started dumping, like, tens of thousands into, like, single stocks my mom would tell me, she's like, oh, yeah, we just dropped, like, 10K on this stock. Like, this person who was also not in finance, just, like, a, like I don't know, a doctor or, like, a scientist engineer was like, yeah, this is going to be a great stock. Dumps another 15K and, like, loses it all, right? And what people don't realize is, like, that, like, I mean, obviously it hurts to lose that money, like, right now. But that also sets you back a lot yeah. down the road, right? Yeah. Because like even if you had just like saved that money in a bank, yeah, that's still maybe maybe not like ten thousand. Maybe it'll be like eleven thousand after like yeah. a few decades or something. But it's still a substantial amount that you you have lost. So right. So I think the first step is obviously to learn more, so you can you can mitigate mitigate your own risk. Know what is not a good investment, so you can at least like save money in the right way, right. And then the next step after that is to start learning what places to put your money, how to invest it to make more money than like you would. Because if you really think about it, like there's the whole idea behind investing is this idea of like compounding interest and the time value of money. It's just like money right now versus money 10 years from now is different because of inflation and, you know, fluctuating markets. Like a dollar today wouldn't be the it doesn't have the same value as a dollar from like the 90s. Right, right. I mean, inflation is one thing, but just like. As you gain returns, they compound, right? So what that means is you start with 100, you get 10%, you're at 110. If you get another 10%, you don't gain $10 at this point, you're gaining $11, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it slowly builds over time. If you start early, right, which is why a lot of us should start as early as possible. Like if you start in your 20s. Like, yeah, I think I recommend it was like 25 is you should probably yeah. have a, some kind of retirement yeah. plan in place, you know? Like there, there are stats, like you do the math, but like there are stats where like you can, you can invest less yearly so say you start like in your say you're 22 you put like a hundred dollars in every month like you will still have more by like 45 than someone who starts at like 30 
oh, yeah, but putting sure. in like $500 a month. Like something, like obviously the math will work itself out, but like the yeah. idea is like you can put less, but you start out early and like you'll still have more at the end of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, I know that was like one of the, like the returns thing was really the thing that really, like what you would get back from your investment. Um, I remember, and obviously I haven't taken as many finance classes as you have. I only have my bare bottom of the barrel <laughs> finance 101. So look at me pulling this out of my ass. But <laughs> but I just remember that my, my professor had spoken about how like the baseball players or like celebrities when they sign contracts and you know, they're, they're young people like in their twenties. Mm-hmm. So, and they would just be like, I want $25 million. And then they would just get that immediately. But then they would have like a wealth manager say, all right, well yeah, live it up with 5 million. I'm going to take the other 20 million. We're going to put that in and like have a compound interest so that basically this 20 million you can't touch, but you'll have like free $60,000 coming in yeah. every year for the rest of your life, yeah. which is like, unbelievable like can you imagine if like that was your return like it's not like oh i put a hundred dollars i get ten dollars back but it's just like nope i just sit on my ass and i get sixty thousand dollars i get a hundred thousand dollars and i think that's something that people don't realize that that system even exists no that's that's what i'm saying like people don't understand that like you literally don't have to do anything like you put your money in you could literally come back in 10 years have done nothing and made tens of thousands of dollars right i mean obviously you need to have a a, a large asset base to yeah start to with. start with yeah like this is kind of literally the the definition of money more money like money makes money mm-hmm. right but yeah people don't understand that you don't have to do anything like just say you have like i mean yeah this is a bad example but like if you have 10 million dollars right obviously if you had 10 million you'd be in, in a good place to begin with but like you could literally just put that in dividend paying stocks, high paying dividend stocks, say they pay 5%, you would just have 500,000 of it annual salary doing nothing, literally nothing, right? Obviously you have to get there first, yeah, yeah. but like the idea is like you can let your money work for you and people don't understand, people don't, it's like literally free money, but people don't do it. But there's also like a, a level of complexity with that money management. So like, like you said, like, like the, the stocks, I mean, would that necessarily be risky? Would you be able to lose money? Like there's a whole bunch of variables or is it like pretty concrete set well, and you're like safe? I mean, I think that's, that's again, like the point to financial literacy, like once people become educated, right? I think a lot of people don't, don't get into it because they're, they're scared, right? They're risk averse. They're afraid of losing money. But I think once you learn more and more about how the markets work, like, what certain financial instruments or securities do like it's like with anything right like i don't know maybe i don't know how you felt before we started jujitsu but like i'm sure from an outside person's perspective like oh that looks really scary like you're wrestling people are like getting their limbs twisted like someone's getting choked like it's scary right but it's it's just it's more of like a lack of knowledge lack of understanding like once you understand like okay yeah like there's technique behind it like it's actually one of the safest if not the safest martial arts yeah right the same idea here, like, once you start understanding, like, oh, okay, like, yes, there's risk involved, but if you're young, if you have a long time horizon, like, you can weather that risk, like, there there are a lot of things that once you start learning, it's really not, it's really not as risky. I mean, everyone has their risk tolerance, right? But mm-hmm. I think it's just the barrier to get over once you understand, once you have the knowledge, it's not as. So then with the with like that's that's the main problem that we're basically kind of circumventing around is that once people have an understanding of at least the syntax that the problem of 
you know, financial literacy becomes a lot less complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I was wondering was, cause I've, I've met with a, you know, like a myriad of people who have different strategies. I personally like saving. Sometimes I splurge working on it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Come on, Stefan. <laughs> but I've had some friends who do not believe in saving, and they purely invest 100% of what they earn. Oh, How you're saying you... like they have nothing in the bank account. It's yeah, all just in the it's market. It's all in stocks, cryptocurrencies. How do you feel about that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Everyone has their different Everyone has a different risk tolerance, right? Like What I'm, what I'm hearing is it sounds like... I wouldn't have, do that. You have I would a, never do that. A lower risk tolerance. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> like, because in, in my mind, I guess um, I like risk, but I don't like enough risk where it's like, I'm going to throw my money out into like, you know, the stock market. But then like, what happens if I get in like a car accident? Or what happens if like, my kid needs right. medical bills? Like, right. I can't, it's, it's harder and it's more complicated. So at least for me, it's easier to just like, okay, I know I have this amount in, in the bank, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think in general, it's a good idea to have some money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. Like people recommend usually having like at least three months worth of expenses as like an emergency fund, right? But like to your friend's point, I think it's also, it's not the worst idea either, right? Because Because you're young, if you have a stable job that you, you're not planning on getting fired, (laughs) like you have the time, right? Like say you, say you plan to put that money to work for at least 10, 20 years, like, all right, sure. The market might dip in the next couple of years, but like your time horizon is like 15 years anyways, right? Yeah. It's going to come back, right? So I don't recommend putting 100% of everything, having nothing in the bank account. Well, I like think it's, friend. it but stems like, from like a distrust of like, why would I put it in a savings account? It's not really going to do anything for me right now. Like I'd rather just put in like Bitcoin and, and just skyrocket up like 10,000. Yeah. I mean, again, Bitcoin's Bitcoin's one thing. But yeah, like, Bitcoin is, I mean, that is like a But no, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling with that right now is like, I have money in the bank, but it's like, all right, say you get past that three months of expenses, uh-huh. six months, whatever, like however many months you believe is like a you're, good you're emergency safe, fund, yeah. right? Once you get that, once you get past that margin of safety, like, is there any point to have money in your bank account? Like personally, I don't think so. Like get past that margin of safety, whatever it is for you. Like if you're young, if you have a stable job, like it's the back to the point, like literally just let your money make money for mm-hmm. you. There's no reason to have that in your bank account. Or you could just buy all you can eat sushi all the time <laughs> i mean that too right like i'm losing so much money to this this one restaurant dude dude i'm oh. starting to believe that like what all you can eat sushi. i don't know i'm getting pretty i'm getting pretty over the sushi really dude, i think i used to say sushi is my favorite food oh but when you splurge like that yeah i know yeah like gluttony. you start to lose the interest in it right like yeah. i feel like it's with anything like if you if you do it so much if you binge so much on it, you kind of lose interest. Yeah. Like it, when it's first like fresh and it's like <laughs> new to you, you're like, oh, this is great. You got to like kind of wean yourself on it. You got to like make it small amounts. No. Nah. You just do it. Give me a whole fish. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in the beginning when I tried sushi, like it was like, oh, like we'll go to restaurants like once in a while. So really like every time you had it, it was like really good. Mm-hmm. But then now you have it like every weekend. <laughs> All you can eat. You're welcome. Like, <laughs> I don't want to eat this anymore. Yeah, we should take a break. <laughs> well, not even that. We could just go to like better restaurants. Yeah, we go other places for sure. Kind of a rabbit hole. But just to tie it back with money, I've, I've had conversations with people, and I'm curious what your thought is on this, is that you will make a finite amount of money in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so you should save. But then conversely, I've also heard people say, there's going to be a tomorrow, and there's going to be money in that tomorrow. And you know how to make it, so don't worry too too much. 
I mean, it's a math equation, right? Like it's all so okay. I mean, to give you an example, when you use these apps, so there there are probably two prevalent robo advisors, um, Betterment and Wealthfront. Um, there's a lot of new ones coming out. So Vanguard's coming out with their own. Like Charles Schwab has their own. A lot of the big yeah. banks are starting to create their own. And what they make you do in the beginning when you're signing up is they just make you take like a, a survey, right? Oh, like when do you plan on retiring? How much money do you plan on using per year in your retirement? What's your income right now? Like what's your risk tolerance? All they, they ask you all this stuff, right? They're pretty much using, they're just doing a math equation. Mm-hmm. If you plan on surviving until say 100, you plan on retiring at 70, you plan on using 100,000 a year in retirement, that's 30 years times 100,000, you need 3 million, right? So to your question, it's like, do whatever you need to, right? To get to that 30, th- uh, 3 million by 70, right? Give or take inflation at that point. Yeah. That's all it is, right? So if you, if you want to spend more money now, then you're just going to need to earn more later, invest more later so you hit 3 million. Or you can save now and then earn less. Like it, it's just a math equation, right? Like however yeah. you want to hit that 7 million by 7 or 3 million by 70, that's all, that's all it takes, right? But then, obviously, in real life, it's a guess of, like, when do I want to retire? It's a guess of when I'm going to die. I guess you can guess at how much you're going to spend. You're probably more accurate on that in retirement, but you also don't know. Like, maybe you get to retirement, you don't want to spend that much, right? It, it, there's there's definitely, like, probability to it, but I think it's also personal preference. I think the the greater message behind this is just you should at least know how to plan for it, right? Yeah. Like, to give you an idea, like, I think in America, we at least have somewhat higher of a financial literacy like i worked in india for the reserve bank for a while and a couple projects we did was on financial literacy right because literally like half of over half of india didn't even have bank accounts like no bank accounts like to us we have savings account we have checking like no bank accounts this is a whole straight cash like straight cash right and so forget about investing like they don't even have bank accounts you don't even get like the savings rate and the savings rate over there isn't like whatever it is like under a percent in the u.s right it's like four, five, six percent. Okay, that's huge. You know why? But okay, but you know why? It's because the inflation rate is like seven or eight percent. So mm. like, think about what's going on. If you don't even put it in the bank account, you're not even like mitigating it, right? Like inflation seven percent. Your savings from the bank account is five percent. You're still losing two percent a year. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't even use the bank account, you're losing seven percent a year. So it's like the opposite of investing. You're just straight up losing money, and people just don't. They don't. I mean. I don't know if they don't care. It's more they just don't know, right? Well, I mean, it might also be the case that they saw that 2%. They're like, oh, well, why would I want to do this if I'm going to lose 10% and this money isn't on hand? Like, fuck that. Why don't I just keep the money and then spend it on the things that are immediately present? Like well, yeah, if I you need now. it immediately, that's one thing. But like, if you don't need that cash immediately, you're losing 7% every single year. And you're not putting, like, it's just the fact that they don't understand. Like, to, obviously to us, like, we're like, oh, inflation 7%. What that means is I'm my purchasing power. Like to them, they don't. What's inflation? Why do I care? It's at seven percent. Like that's what I'm saying. Like obviously it's a it's a it's an extreme example, but yeah. like that's that's like where financial literacy really needs to be explained. Obviously in America, I would I would hope that they I think the base is higher, but like it can it can go up, right? It should yeah. go up. Well, I mean it's it's not even just that. Like I think some people don't find the idea of saving in a bank appealing. Like some people just. Like you've definitely seen those like memes of people who are like, when oh, I get my paycheck, and you're like balling it out like Conor McGregor, and then the the next one is like, oh, the next day I'm gonna have some delicious ice soup. Like they just completely <laughs> spent their entire paycheck on the weekend, and that just might be like a cultural 
you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we might just, like, ball hard. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like it, it definitely depends on the type of person you are. My mom would always tell me when, when she wasn't working, my dad was the only person working, like, he would get the paycheck, and the first half of the month, they'd be living like kings, right? Like, going out all the time, having grand dinners, parties. But the second half of the month, they would have nothing. They would just, like, eat eggs, rice, and, like, they would ask their parents for money. Like... I mean, sure, like, if you, that's, that's how you want to live, right? I mean, it's kind of, like, to the Jordan Peterson point of, like, you need to, at, to some degree, you need to understand that, like, sacrifice today is for the future, right? Yeah. Like, to how you want to balance that, where you want to be on the scale of that, I mean, that's, that's your, your... Your preference. You right? have to figure that out but what like, works for you. I think you should at least know that the option... Exists. Exists of saving, and, like, within that, the options are, you know what I'm saying? Like, within saving, besides just putting a bank account, there are, like, other options as well. So then where do you think would be, like, a good first step for somebody to get a grasp on, like, the syntax of financial? Like, if you were to Google, like, what is a stock? What is a bond? They'd probably get, like, Investopedia, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, people who are reading that, sometimes they're like, okay, well, I get what the word means in the first two sentences, but then the rest of the entire page, I have no idea what these other words mean. Yeah. You know, so it's it's hard. It's it's a very difficult thing to just, like, pick up randomly through yeah. the web you know it's I, a lot yeah. easier through a class where they kind of hold your hand and they walk you through like oh what is this what is this what is this so how do you think that i mean ideally like you're right like unless you have like a real interest or a vested interest in like learning about this it's 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 kind of dry like no like, yeah obviously I, to me I like i, I, I studied it. <laughs> it right so like I, there's a bias behind it was your concentration in yeah it was finance, finance. so i mean so yeah there's a bias of why I'm more into it than others, but all right, don't shake your head at me. But, but no, but the point of this is like, regardless of the fact of what major you're, you still have to deal with this. Like, I don't have to learn engineering. I don't have to have a vested interest because I'm not going to go build a building. But regardless, even if you are an engineer, you still need to know this, yeah. right? I mean, ideally, in the ideal world, I don't understand why we don't have like a personal finance cl- like class in in high school or in college. Like we were required to take like career management classes right like i, I oh, just minor so i like literally had bottom of like, i don't know but like there, there are a lot of like required classes right i don't understand why this isn't one of them like why do i have to take humanities and like english or like why do i have to learn the u.s history in high school like four times in four different class like you know say there's there there's you can slide this in somewhere like what? you can't tell me you can't slide this shit somewhere in ah! Right. I mean, I, like all topics are pretty important. I think. I mean, like, like even with your examples with like English and history, those are still good to know, right? Like, or, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying replacing it, but I, I get what you mean. Yeah, like, it's not. It's not one or the other. It's more of like you can definitely slide this in somewhere. Like, yeah, it should be held to the same value yes, as we do with English, yes, with yes, history. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like, okay, say you don't want to take the class. I think the best ways for the for the more tech savvy and the younger generations already use these apps like they, they definitely make things a lot easier like uh, do you know what mint is no. so like mint personal capital like great personal budgeting tools great personal finance tools like you don't have to just like remind yourself oh like don't spend x amount or like keep an excel sheet or write it in a notebook or something <laughs> like, it has an app right it links to your bank accounts links to your credit cards you can set your budgets you can be like oh i don't want to spend more than a thousand dollars a month like 500 goes to the rent X amount goes to restaurants, X amount is just like miscellaneous, like buy clothes, haircuts, like whatever. Set that, it literally tracks everything, right? Obviously, if you use credit cards, if you use cash, it won't go in there. I, guess, I think you can record it yourself, but if you use credit cards, all of it's there. There you go. Like, that's a great place to start, right? You can introduce self-discipline, you can introduce personal budgeting, and that's, that's where I think it begins, right? 
And then you can start to learn about, okay, robo-advising, like the UI looks great. I don't need to know anything about investing. I can just kind of like be like, oh, here's my risk tolerance. Here's my income. Like you figure it out for me. At least you're in it. At least you're in the market. You don't know what's going on, but at least you're in it. And by being in it, you start to care more, right? Like I used to do day trading. If you don't have money in the game, you're like, eh, like I'll follow the stock. I'll read it. I'll read the newspaper. I'll read the, you don't care. The moment you have like money in it, you're like, shit, man, I, I'm checking this this company's performance yeah. every five minutes. Like I'm reading the news every day, every hour because you have your skin in the game, right? So like I think for people who are just starting out, like just literally pick those two things. They, they're not – there's very little barriers to entry because the whole UI, the whole app, the whole purpose is to like get people into it, right? right so right. use Mint, use personal uh, capital to just – start budgeting yourself and then start picking up some of these robo advisors there are some nowadays that like they have the algorithm element to it but they even have like a you can choose element to it but they dumb that down they're like oh instead of calling it these fancy things like stocks etfs whatever they're like oh are you do you want to invest in technology just like a broad thing oh buy this like mutual fund but they label it as just like they label these funny names like the like future of technology like do you want to buy that fund that's not actually what the fund is yeah, right? yeah. the underlying things are different but like to, to people who don't understand it's like oh yeah i, I want to invest in the future of technology or like oh like social impact fund or whatever you're like oh cool like yeah this doesn't invest in oil companies or like gun manufacturers yeah great like that's also a starting point right like you're you're starting to scratch the surface you don't need to like do super deep analysis or anything but like at least you start to understand like oh there are these markets to invest in my money is invested, and then through there you can you can kind of get deeper and deeper. I think the two main obstacles, and you definitely brought these up, the two main obstacles is even with these great like services and these great apps that are coming out that help you budget and save and manage your wealth, that you'd mentioned that it's it's a bit dry. You know, it's not for everyone, and it's like math ish, but like yeah, more math than math. You know, <laughs> or it's I don't know, it's it's something that's like not very 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 appealing to people. But we're all part of. The, the economy we all have to like right you know we all have a stake in it whether we want to or not so it, it definitely i completely agree with you it's definitely important to have some at least a rudimentary understanding of like what's going on with your money but interesting was the or what i found interesting was what you had said before you mentioned that people were just undisciplined to even like take the yeah I mean, to, to, to some say, degree, yeah to some degree yeah which okay so then how do you think well, what if that's like the problem? Like, what if that's the crux of the problem is that it's not so much that like people don't understand it, but they're like unwilling to learn how to do it because it means, oh, I have to plan. And that means I can't like blow my whole paycheck and ball like a motherfucker <laughs> on the weekend, you know, like what if there, it's just like an attack on their like lifestyle, you know? So it's, I feel like it's a lot more, cause again, with, yeah. with economy and stuff like that, you, you could say it's, it's a great system and everything, but the Again, like basic economics 101, they teach you, you assume the person is a rational person, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure discipline is, is somewhere involved in there. But I would, I would still disagree, though, because I think it's more of, again, a lack of understanding of the possibilities, right? Like, why do people go to college? You're spending all that money, you're spending four years. But it's because people have the knowledge and they have the understanding that, like, okay, after that there's opportunity, right? Like I can get the job, I can get a higher paying salary, I can do X, Y, Z, right? It's the same idea. Like if you don't know what you could be doing with that thousand, then yeah, why not spend it right now? Why not not have the discipline? Why not just like go splurge, right? But if you know what you could do with it and what you could have in five years, right? Or four, let's just use four for the example yeah. of college. 
then like it's the same thing, right? But that's that's the issue though, is that like I don't think people, even people who have graduated from college, don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing, what they want to do. And and you know what I mean? Like you're kind of assuming that they're like, oh, I, I know exactly what I want to do with my money in like four to six years. Like I know exactly what the amount is going to be. I know exactly how I'm going to spend it. And it's just like a lot of different variables. And they, I feel like there's there's a slight hesitancy because it's like, I would even argue like your example with the college students, right? The people who do go to college, people change majors all the time. Yeah. Right. And then even after they graduate, they might work in something that's like completely different from their major or they might end up just like taking a job that didn't even require a college degree. Is that to say that the money was wasted? It depends on like how you interpret it. I would argue no, because I think those four years are invaluable experience. You know, like yeah. it doesn't matter what university you're doing. The fact that you're you're removed from your parents and you're living and you're, you're forced to cooperate with other people your age, you're treated as an adult. You don't have to do like bathroom passes or anything like that. It's a whole new world. But I think that that opportunity and that big open question kind of freaks people out. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's harder for people to to act in a disciplined manner when they don't necessarily have that goal in mind. I mean, the difference here, the difference here is like, right? Like, what you're what you're talking about with school is is more of a set track, like. Okay, like if I go down this road, there's an opportunity cost. There's there's multiple opportunities cost, right? Like I can't if I want to go be a doctor, I can't be an engineer, or it's gonna be harder for me to retrace and then go be an engineer, right? And so I think the having the it's kind of like analysis paralysis, right? Like not knowing what to do right now because there's too many opportunities. That's not quite what I'm talking about. I'm saying like the the idea of like not having discipline to invest is just it's like a it's just a two-sided like it's one or the other right it's like you're saving now or you're investing to have more in the future like there's only like one set opportunity cost right because money is you could do anything with it right you can in the future spend it on school you can in the future spend it on a car or like splurge so like having more or less money is not like the same as like too many different job opportunities or opportunities go to you know what I'm saying like it's a little bit different but no what I was saying is like maybe the reason why people splurge is because they don't necessarily have like a better like vision to like right and I'm saying regardless of what your vision is in the future more money pretty much in all situations is better than less money (laughs) so like you don't need to have a, a set goal or job in mind in 10 years but Regard like either or having more money in that in the next ten years versus less is still gonna be good, right? So that's what I'm. So I think regardless of what your goal in the future is, like excess of some sort of like margin of safety emergency fund, there's no reason you shouldn't have some, some money kind. in the market, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, there's a lot of caveats there, right? Yeah. Obviously, like health, family, like it's not just you, but I think if people knew more about it, like there wouldn't be a reason to, right? Like if you went around asking like elementary school, high school, middle school kids, like if why they would go to college or why wouldn't they go to college? Like most would say, yeah, like I would, if they, if they had the option, if they had the money, like pretty, I'm pretty sure most people would want to go to college. It's the same thing here. Like if you told most people like, oh, like this thousand dollars in the next 10 years is going to be 5,000. Do you want to do that or no? Most people would be like, yeah, sure. Well, no, like, that's not necessarily right? true. Okay, this is interesting because this is kind of similar to, it was a class that I took 
with um in, in neuro right and one of the it's like a very short like one lecture had a very short section on like the like decision making like neuroeconomic decision making and and you can measure that through like rats and and like what they would choose and stuff like that but what was interesting is that the context of of what you're gaining versus what other people are gaining severely affects whether or not you will make that decision and so an example of that would be they would ask people hey uh, if I gave you a dollar, like if, if, if there was a person here, there's a moderator, and they're like, hey, Brent, if I were to give you one dollar and Stefan also gets a dollar, you'd be cool with that? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, hey, Brent, now I'm going to give you another dollar and Stefan gets a hundred dollars. You cool with that? Yeah, I mean, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. But yeah. yes, and then like a lot of people are like, whoa, no, what the fuck? Why does Stefan get a hundred? Like, fuck that guy. Yeah. And then, so like comparatively, I, I definitely feel that there's a sense where people won't necessarily be planning straight ahead for like oh five years from now i want to be in a like have that ten thousand dollars they might be in a position where they're like oh my god like all my friends they're like doing like so much better they could go to all these upscale restaurants like i need to like go with them too like you know what i mean like it's like it's hard because there's a whole bunch of like this complex social web that we're in and we're trying to find our place in it and i'm just saying like like logically yes you're right for sure like yeah if we save money logic but it's hard is what i'm saying and it's like how do do you fix that kind of uh well, that's what I'm saying. I think the whole, I think we're going in circles, but like introducing more of this knowledge would not be on a one person scale, right? Yeah. Ideally, it would be at a larger scale. And I understand what you're saying. Like if you're the only one doing it and the rest of your friends aren't, then yeah, like you kind of have more incentive to splurge right now. But the idea behind this is if like on the on average, like everybody had more of this and everybody was starting to mess more then like you would join as well, right? Like people don't, people do not choose to not go to college because every, like they're like oh well some people are staying behind and partying instead of going to college well, right I, everyone goes but that's because it wasn't always like that it definitely was not always yeah, like it was that, definitely right? not always so like there that. there was a wave right like you you get more and more people to be like yeah higher education is the way to go and then the wave comes stragglers get left behind and like there you go it's not even a choice for most people at this point it's like no i'm going to college the same idea here, right? Like, yeah, for now, people who don't, when you have less understanding, people are like, yeah, like, why not just splurge right now? All my friends are doing it. They're going on vacations. I mean, not saying don't do that, but, like, as you increase the level, more and more people will start understanding, more and people will save, right? Like, it's the same idea, yeah, I think. I, I understand. Yeah, I get what you mean. That that makes a lot more sense in, with that example of a... Uh... Because, like, like, people used to not go to college, yeah. like, all the time, and now it's almost like a standard thing where you'd be like, of course I'm going to go to a college, like, I have to, that's yeah. the next step after high school, like, what are you talking about? And, like, I think people nowadays, again, in the U.S., like, most people do already save, like, people still go on vacation, and they save. Yeah. But I, like, f- what we were just talking about was more of an example of probably more for, like, like, developing countries, that idea, but, like... I still think there's the bar can be raised even from where we are right now. Yeah, and now I would agree with you that like even if you raise the bar, like raise the financial literacy bar, and maybe only like twelve percent of those people who were, you know, went through that course or whatever whatever yeah. method you have of implementing that, no, maybe only twelve percent of people actually like take the initiative to be like yeah I'm gonna do this, but that's that's still better than yeah. than nothing. So I I definitely see the value in, in yeah. what you're saying that it's like I wish I had some stats here, but like there are some scary stats if you knew like. X percent of, like, Americans by retirement, like, don't have enough money. Or, like, X percent of, like, people, like... Like, there's there's a lot of stuff. Well, there's a lot right? of misconceptions, like, too. Like, I have, I, I have friends who think that, like, oh, Social Security got me. Yeah. I'm like, like that's, 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 that's a joke. Saying, you're going right? to get, like, 34 cents. Or you see, yeah. You're not going to get anything. Yeah. 
like a lot of it's almost i mean i don't want to say epidemic but like a lot of people in america which if it's america man if that's in america other a lot of other countries could be off could be worse off like a lot of people in america when they get to retirement like they won't have enough like they won't have enough between when they're alive and when they die there's not gonna be enough and like people if you get to there that's that's i mean partly it's your fault but i guess what i'm talking about partly it's like this is like systems fault in a way too like you should have known yeah you should have been taught that yeah it's 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 not necessarily purely on the individual like it it would make sense to have it incorporated into the system to yeah make these people like literate and yeah um, yeah that makes sense one of my goals in the future i i I work in finance now my goal i don't know i i I don't know what's going to happen but at some point i wanted to go back to university and like teach partly somewhat related to this goal at the same time i I met i knew a professor i I had i took one of his classes in school and like he taught and at the same time he was like a wealth manager and like what that that just means like you're a financial advisor you have clients who like give you their money and you manage it for them for a fee and he would do that in conjunction with being a professor and i always thought that was really cool like i i would yeah consider doing that in the future the caveat is like i would only do it for people with like usually it's the other way around where you have to have at least some amount of money for you to be my client i want to do it the other way around where it's like you cannot have above some amount of money for you to be my client so i also worked at goldman last or two summers ago in private wealth management that just is fancy word for me and like you need to again like you need to reach some threshold right there's like buckets like you can be ultra high net worth like 10 million and above in <laughs> in in liquid assets not saying like oh, oh like ca- yeah yeah like not saying your car plus your house plus everything is 10 million no like in your bank account liquid you have 10 million that's like yeah, absurd you can get a cash like that yeah absurd right Ooh. that's like ultra high net worth you have high net worth which is like a million to 5 million ish right then you have like the wealthy people who are like in the million 500k range you have mass market like 250 ish like your lawyers and doctors like 250 probably have some offhand right and then you have people who are like the commoners who probably like 50k maybe less like 20k after working in the industry where you're literally just servicing like these ultra high net worth people I'm like you don't need me like are you kidding me like you if it. you have that much money like you i would hope you knew something like i i shouldn't be holding your hand and managing your money for you and I, like what you like what people don't realize that like wealth managers are not even just like managers at the point they're they're almost kind of just like the bitches for like rich people <laughs> like you get to know them you get to know their family their dogs like they make you do weird things like half of it's like tax evasion half of it's like oh like can you like like negotiate with this yacht seller like i want to get it to a lower price like you just kind of do shit for them that are that's like related to their finance in addition anything with money they yeah, basically throw it right you. you're their money bitch yeah exactly exactly you hold their pocket there's <laughs> there there a story i heard while i was at goldman where literally like you also suck so much dick right because like <laughs> these clients no i'm serious all right tell me if you had 50 million dollars the world is your is your playground right like yeah. all right you don't want to like you don't want to suck my dick i'll go to the other bank you don't want to suck i'll go like there is endless amount of advisors who are like yeah fuck sure i'll manage your 50 million because what you don't know is they take one percent of the 50 million annually right they get a management fee so like yeah of course i'll take your money like that's fucking money to me right so all the advisors are fighting over this like the clients right so 
literally a story I heard was like in the middle of the night, I get a call from a client in like Switzerland being like, can you fly to my house tomorrow? My car is like broken down in my garage. Can you help me fix it? Manager straight up bought a flight like on his own on his own budget to Switzerland the next day got there and like he got this like obviously the mansion and shit. It's like, where's your car? It's like, oh, it's not broken. I just wanted to see if you would do it. You're hired. Like it's to that. Whoa. Point. It's to that point. Like, dude, it's a buyer's power is like, oh, out the roof. Right. If you don't want to manage my money, fuck you. I'll go somewhere else. Like, so if you're the manager, you do literally anything. For, I mean, regard like you're not gonna do it for one million right but like the client has a lot of money fuck yeah you do it for you do anything right that's a like would you fly to switzerland for fuck for a million? no dude i can't even fix a car are you serious well, but you know what i point right like I, I thought i was gonna show up and that asshole would be like oh i was to say if you heard i just bought a new car you want this old broken car like whoa well, no but like think about it if that client had a mil- hundred million dollars if you won that if you won those assets one one, one it's not always one percent but just for math right that's a million dollars a year right there. It's money for you, too. Yeah, it's, it's, right? I understand the appeal, right? As but a like, wealth manager. You still have to be a special person you are a, to do that yeah, shit. Because you end up kind of being like everything, right? Like, no surprise, those kinds of families that have the money probably aren't always a good family. Like, cheating on the well, whatever. Like, the kids are crazy. Like, they're all like, they want that money when their parents, like, you end up being like a therapist for them. You end up being like a lawyer for them. Like, it's just, it's weird. Thing. It's a weird relationship, yeah. yeah. And like, I I did that for a summer, which is not even that long. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not <laughs> doing this. Like, I'm not that kind of person where I can be like, yeah, I'll, I'll take this up my butt and like, <laughs> I'll I'll sell my morals for money. Like, that's literally what it is, right? You just like forego being a good person and like your morals for like, yeah, I'll take a commission one percent off of like a couple hundred million base. Are you? Fi- yeah, I'll do that. I mean, I just, I can't be that kind of person. Well, I'm glad you found out, like, way early on that you're not about that. Yeah, but the opposite is, <laughs> the opposite is this, right? Like, for them, it's easy. Yeah, you only need a couple clients with a lot of money to make money, right? The opposite is, yeah, if I want to target, like, more of the commoners, I can't just have one or two, right? I need, like, literally hundreds to create some sort of base yeah. in order for me to make money. But I think that idea, I think you're onto something. Like, uh, does that exist at all? Is there, like, an... Like, no, right? Because... Again, before the robo-advisors, there's kind of like a gap. Like, it was either you just figure it out yourself, or you have to have enough money to go to a wealth manager. Mm -hmm. But you'd have to have enough, right? Because, like, A, some don't take you. B, it's expensive. But the robo-advisors kind of, like, made that... It bridged the gap a little bit. So now you and me... Like, I use it. Like, you and me... You don't even have a lot. Because the fees are really small. There's really no touch points. It's just that you... It's an interface, right? But, like, I think there's more to be... Like, there's more of a gap to be bridged. Like, the problem with robo-advisors is when things are going great, or if you know a little bit about the markets, it's like, it's not a big deal. Like, things go down, you're like, oh, well, I know why, it's going to be okay. Or like, in general, you just kind of know what's going on, so you don't have to worry about it. But for a lot of people, it's like, okay, say I put my money in it, things like, just take a dive down. People freak out, they want to call someone, they'd be like, what's going on? Like, explain, right? if you don't know anything, who's going to explain to you? No one's going to explain to you. It, it gets a little bit, there's, there's definitely still a bridge to be gap. So like, or gap to bridge. Gap but, to be bridge. Yeah. But like a bridge to be gap. We got to break all the bridges, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think in the future I would totally be like down to just like manage money for people who are like, who literally who don't know anything, who do need you to help them. 
get their wealth to a, a like increase their wealth not for like stupid purposes of like buying a yacht or like to pass it down to their, their their spoiled kids it's like no like i actually need this money so i can send my kids to college so i can like move out of this damn neighborhood and go to somewhere better and like that those those kinds of things right like you're both being a professor in a sense of like or not even professor i used to think about it as being like a doctor right like you go to a doctor and you say like oh this is what i'm feeling this is what i need like prescribe me something it's the same idea right like tell me what your symptoms are okay i have four kids this is my income like i would like to have this amount or like i need to consider these things for taxes like here are your symptoms i prescribe you something that's what that's what you're doing right you're like a financial doctor and like i like that financial doctor right md like, llc <laughs> incorporated it's like in the future i'd be i'd want to be a professor teaching and then at the same time do something along this line where it's like you're like quote unquote teaching being a doctor ish consulting whatever but like i don't know to some sense it's like for good right because i feel a lot of people have this perception that like oh finance is like pure greed which honestly after seeing the industry undercut like but you've seen like the the tip of the spear you know like there's it's just because it's the the way that it's exercised with those people who have like stupid buckets of money. Well, I mean, they they have a silly lifestyle, you know. Like you can't. No, who can buy a yacht you on it? You can't even imagine. You can't. So, that I, level but of but I think that what you're what you're getting at is that there's a almost like um like a negative connotation with finance as if it was like oh it's corrupt, yeah. you know. But it's but you can it's, use it yeah, for good. You can, you use, can it, use it. Use yeah. finance for good. You can use it for good, and you can definitely. And that's that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to say. Or well, do. that's that's a complicated problem, and how you work that out is. Yeah. That's. I mean, definitely keep me in the loop. I'll love to hear about it, but yeah. that sounds really difficult because, like, I guess in my mind, it sounds almost along the lines of like a nonprofit where you would like take on like a bunch of because like yeah, what would the, yeah. the returns be like? How would you even? How would that be sustainable? Like, with no, that's what I'm saying. That's why I would do this later on when I hopefully have some level of wealth to like sustain myself slash the teaching right would would help because like yeah you're right like say again it's the one percent like you're not gonna have enough like if you manage like a million dollars you get a hundred thousand but like to get to the million dollars using clients that are only like giving you like maybe 50k like you need a lot of clients at that point and you there's definitely a a a, a limit right like you can't manage 500 clients and you just can't so like say i can only take on 50 to 100 at once yeah what, like it's not sustainable like you you would need some sort of model where it's like you are losing money over time but what if you were able to um like in the same way that you could diversify what you invest your your money into like several different kinds of stocks like like your retirement fund right you could have like oh 40 percent in like high risk and like 30% in like medium risk and 30% in like long-term bonds, you know? So it's like, you have yeah. a very diverse thing where it's, okay, you're taking some risk, but not enough that you would lose everything. What if you were able to segment your clients in that same way where they would conglomerate their money into like a $500,000 wealth that you would manage and then you could segment that down back Oh, to... what you're talking about is just a mutual fund. Is that what it really is? That's what a mutual fund is. Like, oh, I'm really dumb. Like <laughs> you put... But, but like, do mutual... like. Well, but the the thing about a mutual fund is it's it's a one, there's only one mandate, right? Like, say say this mutual fund is like uh, a large cap technology fund. Like, it only buys large cap tech stocks. But the idea of the mutual fund is like, you put $10 in, I put $10 in, yeah. another person puts $10 in, cool. Now the portfolio manager has $30, right? To actually manage, which right. and has then, a lot and more flexibility, they, yeah. Yeah, and then they'll distribute the earnings three ways. 
That you're, you're describing mutual fund. But could you do that on like, or use that similar model to do what you wanted to do, where you would manage people's uh, not not specifically just towards technology, but like, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, I think to some degree you could, right? Like, where where the issue lies is, I mean, back to the example with the high net worth people. Like, the whole the whole idea is like customization, right? Like, you come to me oh, as, I see as you your patient. You give me very specific symptoms. Like, not everyone has a divorce thing going on. Not everyone wants to make a trust for their four kids. Like, you, there's there's customization. That's why they come to you, right? Otherwise, you could just use this robo advisor where it's completely standardized. Everyone kind of gets the same. The same thing, thing yeah, right? same package. But to your point, you could probably also segment it. It probably doesn't need to be like a person to person thing. Like, probably for this group of people who are interested in technology right. and want more. Well, no, risk. not even about technology. No? But like this type of people. Who are like in somewhat the same socioeconomic standing, somewhat same future goals, you can make this kind of portfolio for them instead of one by one, right? You could do like a portfolio for 20. And then, okay, in a slightly different cluster of people with a different, slightly different socioeconomic, slightly different like risk tolerance, you could do another one. So, I mean, yeah, actually, that's a good point. I never thought about that. You could, you could diversify, you could make like clusters of portfolios in a wealth management fashion instead of one by one because yeah 200 100 people is too many but if you split that into four groups of 25 that's not so bad yeah that's actually i never thought that's a great idea thanks man. thanks stefan <laughs> well i, I hope that. that you can use it man <laughs> no honestly that would be a revolutionary model i don't actually know if anyone's i can't oh, so we should like totally kill this podcast and just keep it for ourselves right like that's <laughs> <laughs> no i'm serious i i mean maybe i've been out i, I mean i'm still young i don't yeah. know the industry that well but in my mind, I don't know any industry or any wealth management platforms that do that because most people do focus more on, they want that customization. They want to know that like, oh, this portfolio built for me is just for me, right? I mean, obviously we have to do some testing to see how, how you can bucket people. But I'm thinking if you use like more of the mass market kind of people, you could probably create buckets, right? Yeah, I can't imagine that like... um. Like when you have 50 million, yeah, it's going to be harder to create buckets between people who have 50 million. Yeah. But when you're talking about people who just want to invest 20K... You could probably create, like between you and me, we'd probably be in the yeah, same bucket. That, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, like I would totally invest in the same bucket with you if some like wealth management guy who's like done sucking some dick came by. I was yeah. like, hey, you guys yeah. want to put money together and add together to make fifty million, and then yeah. we'll just like do this. Yeah, sure, why not? But I mean, I guess now the thing about it, the then the the value add is a little bit weird because it's like, why not just that's basically a mutual fund ish. Like you're 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 beginning to create a hybrid between like a mutual fund and and wealth management because it's like you know like why would I not just put. Like, two of us could just put money in the same mutual fund that Vanguard does, or we could use wealth manager. I don't know. We, yeah. we could think more about it. But, I mean, okay, but it's also just, like, the context. Like, maybe there's distrust in Vanguard, or maybe... Because it sounds like, to me, that you're trying to almost, like, reach out to these people who... Yeah, I think the teaching element would also be a, a differentiating point. A lot of wealth managers, like, they kind of just do the job, right? I think what I picture it to be more of is, like, like, managing money, but, like, I'm also trying to wean you off of it like teaching you how to fish instead of giving you the fish right so again maybe that's like i mean i have to do i need to think about this more but like again the whole idea is like i don't accept people who have more than a certain amount of money say like i start you when you're at 50k when you get to 100k you better know how to manage it by yourself at that point because i taught you and because i got you there or helped you get you there but after 100k you're like you're out like you do it yourself you should know at this point right and then I'll cycle through like that. Like it's classrooms oh. almost, right? It's like a class of 20 people. I'll take you all. I'll get you guys to the next le- like next wealth uh, bracket. bracket, whatever you want to say. 
but when I get you there, you've graduated from my class. You better know how to do it yourself. Yes, I've helped you there. Like, yes, I've managed money. I've taken a fee. But, like, you should be able to do it now. And I'll take the next class of 20 people. That's actually, I mean, that's an idea, too. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I yeah, I love that idea. Right? Because then it's, like... But but that that would only work if there was, like, education along the way. Yeah. You know, you can't just raise, yeah. like, random people's money to, like, $100,000. Like, good luck, buddy. Yeah. See like, you later. That's saying, like, but that, that's, why, that's what I want to do. That's the whole point of this, right? To, like, help financial industry, help the people who, like, actually do need the financial guidance and advising, not these, like, millionaires, right? And then, hopefully afterwards, they'll they'll be able to fly on their own. I don't know, it's kind of like a reverse Wall Street, like, fuck yourself kind of system. Because <laughs> that's, you'd be surprised, like, when you go into, like, finance and banking, like, the culture is, like, very, very, like... I used to think, I used to be very, like, naive about this. I used to think, oh, like, it's not like the, the 1980s, like, it's not like the Wolf of Wall Street times anymore. Like, it's different, it's gotten better. Which, I mean, to some degree it has, right? Like, it's definitely not quite that bad, but it's it's... Still pretty bad. The culture's still there. And and that might honestly have to do with just, like... like again, you, you it's it's like a war, you know? It's... Yeah. You know, if you don't want to suck my dick, then this guy's going to suck my dick. And I'll just, I'll just hire this guy instead. So it's, like... Yeah. It's intense, like, yes, no, very fast negotiations where you're either a millionaire or you have nothing. Yeah. And so I, I can understand why those high stakes would stress people out. and But, like, try to be less shitty is the moral. <laughs> I, like, it's, it's sad, though, because you see a lot of people go into it who like some love the chase of money right some people truly think money is like what brings them happiness maybe that is what brings them happiness great but you also see a lot of people get sucked into it where like they 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 know deep down that money is not really what makes them happy but they just kind of go through the motions because they got sucked into it they're in the crowd they can't get out they're being it's like a stampede they can't get out right like i've talked to freshmen in um i used to be in the finance club I mean, yeah, I know, sorry. That sounds super nerdy. No, no, no. It's but, good. like, I used to be in the finance club, and, like, that was pretty much a freaking, like, fraternity at that point. But, like, you would see freshmen come in, like, fresh grads from high school, and, like, they're all nervous to talk to, like, the the executive board members, basically just seniors, who, like, have, who did an internship at a bank, who have, like, a return offer to, like, a first-year analyst where you basically are a bitch anyways at that bank. Yeah. But they talk to these people like they're fucking gods, and they're, like, shaking, they're like, uh, like, what what did you do at Goldman? Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, calm down, like, I'm just a person, or, like, these people are just people, right? But, like, you talk to them, and they're just, like, brainwashed, they're like, yeah, yeah, I, I came out of my mom's womb thinking I wanted to do banking, like, when I grew up, I, like, watched Wolf of Wall Street like 10 times. Like I started reading finance books when I was five. Like this is what I wanted to do since I was like a teenager. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like you don't even know what it is. You don't want to do that. Like, please, like but don't be like this. I think I think that's also just like, like that's kind of like the kiss ass, right? Like they just oh want to be what you they think you want them to be. Like, they're, they're just it's young. Terrible. They're, no, eight, it's terrible. they're 18, bro. They're, they're, they don't have their identity formed yet. I think in finance, it's it's accentuated. Like Yeah, I could, I could I, see that. When have you seen that at a comp sci thing? You would never see that at a comp sci like, career fair. People would just be like, uh, yeah, no, fuck you. I have my own startup. Like, no one is like tunnel visioned. No one is like all funneling to the same four banks for the same one position. Like, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not in those industries. Well, it's it's definitely cutthroat. But I'm I'm glad, and I definitely can see this in you that like you don't, 
you're definitely not one of those people that holds money as like, oh, this is my top value. Like it's you. you like see have I thought about it? Like I have, right? Like, but but I can tell that you you see the utility, and I mean the the fact that we've been talking about like financial literacy means that you see money, you understand its value, and you see the use in it, and and what it could it could mean, right? The potential for actually managing your money well. But I but I can definitely tell it's just based on your mission. And the fact that you don't like to just fly to like Sweden and fix some guy's fucking car, that you don't give a shit about the money in the end, right? Like it's important, but it's yeah. not your gold. I mean, that's that's what I hope. That's what I I, I think. And like I, we'll see, right? If yeah. you if you if you call me in like thirty years, and I gave up on this, then yeah, maybe I was wrong. Because I mean, look, money is tempting, right? Like, especially at our age, when you see someone else get a promotion or like go down the banking track. Yeah, you tell yourself, you're like, yeah, they're working 120 hours. Oh, yeah, their life is miserable. They're like, blah, blah, blah. But then you see how much they're raking in. You're like, fuck, maybe I should do that too. Like, it's it's always tempting. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about it. But, like, I try to tell myself, and I, I do believe that, like, there's more value in, like, other things besides money. Like, like sharing this knowledge. Like, I've always liked teaching. And that doesn't even have to be fine. It's like a top tennis. I, I used to teach piano. Like, I've tutored for, like subjects in in school and like i don't know i think i think the sharing of knowledge and like in this case finance knowledge financial knowledge is is to some degree i think more important like i mean i don't know it's pretty cliche like oh yeah helping people over money that's good like i don't know we'll see but i like that you've been able to identify this this issue and it's not just like a naive identification where you're like hey the system's fucked up but that you actually present that, oh, well, this is kind of, I, I understand this system. Like I like worked in finance and I think that your perspective definitely sheds some light on what could actually be done. Like, like your, your whole outline of educating people and then hitting that, you know, oh, you're at 100K, I'm going to cut you off. You should know, you know, you can walk on your own two feet. This is kind of like the training wheels. Like the fact that you've already like conceptualized that just, just shows that like I really feel like you're meant to be a teacher, man. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's what I wanted to be like. But I felt like maybe going into the industry first and, and learning the ropes, seeing the inside, and then coming out and teaching. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't know. We'll see. Because at our age, if we don't, like, try to teach anything. Yeah. Unless no, you've been, like, doing it. Yeah. Unless yeah. you've been an expert and, like, a world champion since yeah. you were three, no one's going to give a shit. Like, what have yeah. you done? So, and, yeah, okay, fair enough. But it, it mean, can be done. It can, yeah. I, th- I think that people our age are still creative enough to come up with like weird like i mean we just came up with a weird idea where's i mean i've thought about it like to some degree starting even now like creating a youtube channel like there's already stuff online there, there definitely is stuff like i've already i looked it up myself there there's there are youtube videos like khan academy does some of this stuff where you just explain like basic finance stuff i've thought about creating some sort of channel where it's again like an outreach to try to like broaden or try to increase financial literacy i just i haven't put that much thought into it but like it's an idea too like, but, I mean, like yeah. a way to start early instead of waiting until I become like more like I don't know recognized and be like a professor. I mean, more. I would definitely recommend that you like start it in your free time like now. I, ah, no, no, okay. Think about it. Come on. Think about it. <laughs> because like, okay, let's put this in the context of like jujitsu or piano, right? If you got no, no, but like if you got famous and you're like amazing at like finance and stuff like that, then like out of the blue you start doing it like, and, and let's say you start like an online university or maybe a YouTube channel or something. It's it's a different yeah. medium, you know? Yeah. You still have to kind of get used to it. And even if you have had experience teaching, like teaching financial literacy to people who may or may not be open to the idea of participating in the financial market, that's a challenge all in itself. Yeah. And I feel like 
if you can start kind of getting the ball rolling, it would. Yeah. You're just you're building your competency over like. Imagine how this would, good. I, would, I would be like a blue belt, like a, a, a <laughs> beginning, a beginning one striped blue belt trying to start this. Thing. It all goes back if, to. I don't know if I want to like wait until I'm at least the purple or something, but I don't know. You know, you make a good point. I, I've definitely thought about it. Well, I mean, I'm all in support of yeah. whatever you choose to do, but I, I'm like, I'll take your class, man. <laughs> you want to manage my money? <laughs> my mom, my mom's already told me this a bunch of times. She's like, oh, I just manage my money like I, I still feel like I, I there's a lot to learn from me too yeah um, yeah but that just comes with life and with experience yeah and then that's that's the trade-off right you you lose your you lose your ability to be literate in the new technologies in the new systems but the trade-off with that is that you've lived life and you yeah. have the experience behind it you, you kind of understand like the human element behind it there there are some stupid ways to make money though like no as no no sorry like when you know more this is I mean I think this is more of like the second half of what I was saying. Like with the first, again, being the risk mitigation. Once you start learning more and more, this is like deeper in, right? Like you got to get to like, I use jujitsu, but like you got to get to more of like the purple brownish levels where you start learning like the weird wrist locks or like the weird, like, you know, it's not your fundamental things anymore. But like, again, it's like once you get past a certain threshold, like there are stupid ways to make money that like shouldn't exist, that don't make sense. But like people who don't, people who like, haven't scratched the surface or are like unaware or like don't know finance will never go to tap it right so to give you an example there was a product that i i worked with at goldman where it's called like a structured note i'll i'll, I'll... give me the spark notes yeah yeah I, I won't break it down in in what it actually is it's it's like a bond with an option overlaid it with two options overlaid it but basically what it, what what the payout process looks like is if it goes down so say you start at like, so you say, say you start flat, right? Say the product loses money, it goes down 10%. From zero to 10, you're covered. Like it goes down 9.9999% and like the note expires, say there's like a one year expiry. Say over one year, it lost 0.9999% or nine, whatever, like close to 10, you don't lose any money. You're, you're, you're flat, you get all your money back. You get, so you put $100, you get 100 back, done. If you lose more than it starts going uh, past 10, you lose it at a slower rate. So it's not a one for one, right? So say the market goes down 1%, you lose 0.75%. Mm-hmm. So it's like- Cushioned as hell. Right, there's cushion and it's like past the cushion you get, it's like less than what the market's losing. Now on the flip side, when you go up, it's not it's not a one for one either, but it's the flipped, it's leveraged. Like market goes up one, you go up 1.25. Wait, that's so stupid. How can that be right? Right? But okay, but here's the catch. Like you, you only it's capped. You can only go up to like twenty five percent. But okay, let's be real. Like twenty five percent. Oh no, lot. like That's I didn't all- get fifty, I got twenty five. Obviously, for some people it's not the right product, right? For some people they're like, I, I wanna capture all the market's gains. I'll capture all the all the market's losses too, I don't care. But for some but for, like think about it, for commoners, how many people would be like, Yeah, I don't want fifty percent. All I want is like consistent returns, like sure I'm capped at twenty five. I don't care. Sign me up. But they don't get access to it. Or like they don't know how to structure it themselves. Shit like that, right? Downside, up to 10, don't worry about it. Under 10, it's less than what the market's losing. Upwards, it's leveraged, but you're capped at 25. Who ca- like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's a win-win either way. Right. If the market goes down, you're losing less than you right. would have normally. Like the two downsides to that are you're capped and the second is your money's locked up for a year. But like for most people... A year isn't too bad. If you're a commoner or like... 
for you and me, you tell me you wouldn't put your money in that. I, I want to put my money in this. Like, you should text me this right? immediately. I well, want you to can't. But Why? You can't. Oh, because I don't have fifty a, million dollars. Yeah, because a, you don't have enough money, and b, you, I could structure it for you, or I can't. Like, I don't know. I don't know enough about finance, or like, that's not true. So it's more that's of like true. I don't have the connections because you need to like use banks and like brokerage accounts. And, like, yeah, you have to leverage you have and negotiate. To, like, yeah, you, you. It's more intricate than like let me go on like Fidelity and like buy a stock. Like you have to like set up structures. You have to like monitor it pretty closely. But like the point is like. There's a lot of things in finance where, like, if you know enough and if you're, like, rich enough, it's not always – you don't always have to have both. You can have one or the other. But, you like, can just be rich enough to have a wealth manager that's smart enough. Right, but to- I, think, <laughs> I think in this in this case, the point I'm trying to make is more of, like, if you increase your financial literacy, obviously this is way past the bar that we were talking about earlier. But if you get it past a certain bar, you can start doing things that make you money for, like, no fucking but you make money anyways. And like, it's this, it's more, it's like literally like the, the whole idea of like the gap between the wealthy and like the poor. And it's just like, knowledge is part of it, right? Like, yeah. if you had the, if you had the knowledge and you're poor, like you can make money in certain ways that are like completely nonsensical. But like, you, you don't, you can't, cause you don't know. <laughs>